to another episode of EQCast. I'm your host, Christy Pritchard. Thanks so much for joining us on this unconventional sideshow of healing and self-betterment. This is where you can find unscripted conversations with authentic humans sharing their trials and triumphs around their emotional wellness journey. We keep it light, but we can get dark, so fasten your seatbelts. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to EQ Cast. I have my lovely guest and old friend Tangerine Kirk with us tonight. Say hi, Tangerine. Hi, Tangerine. <laughs> She's very talented at saying her own name as well. She is a mother of four humans. A couple of them are adults. She is so young at heart, though. She's an entrepreneur as well. And I have known Tangerine for, I would say, close to. 25 years. I would have been 19. Yeah, we're doing math. So like 22, 22 years. So that's happening. Anyways, we've known each other for a freaking long time and we're going to do our best to not swear. So we're using words like freaking tonight. (laughs) But on this episode, we're going to be talking about body dysmorphia. Both of us have had it and following our intuition, we decided we wanted to talk about as well, which is something we're both learning how to do. So Tangerine, do you want to take the floor and say a little hello and a bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a mom, very busy mom, and I have an online business and I spend most of my time trying to keep myself in a good place. Perfect. That's, that's my life. <laughs> that's all we can really ask for these days. Yeah. During a pandemic. Especially during a pandemic. <laughs> So you know me really well, and you know I don't really pussyfoot around Mm. uncomfortable things to talk about. Uh, And I know within your family unit, some things going on in relation to our own upbringing. So Mm. I'm trying to reflect back now to what it felt like being an awkward teenager and hating my body and having just every issue when you look in the mirror. And I know both of us were cutters as well. A disclaimer to everyone who's listening to this might be sensitive to these topics, but this is not going to be an easy one. Do you want to talk about your story growing into womanhood and your body dysmorphia? I mean, I think having a child at a young age and having my body change so fast. Yeah. How old were you at your first kid? 17. Yes. Right. So that was an adjustment too, but I, I definitely had starved myself and then I would binge on the worst foods possible that's what our body wants after too yeah yeah. yeah, like so I mean in a way I can't believe I'm not like 500 plus pounds no you're svelte the consumption that I have binged yeah in my time like (laughs) right were you bulimic as well I don't think we ever no I only tried that once and I don't like throwing up and because I actually I threw up because I was either pregnant because I've been pregnant so many times and then I was like extra sensitive to feeling nauseous all the time so for me throwing up was like no thank you I hate that And I learned to actually eat my nausea away. So did your body go through any states of breakdown, what it was like and how it felt externally to try and function on no food and how you looked at your body? Well, I was completely non-functional, mentally speaking. Fainting, I would get headaches and like migraines, but I loved my waistline. Being felt. And that made me feel good. (laughs) But then there was only so long before I give in. And then, and then once you give in, that 
takes over. It's like you don't have control over that. Uh, or I didn't. Floodgates open. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's on and you can't. It's it's on. It's unfortunate that at that point you don't crave carrots and <laughs> like a kale. kale and kale. a smoothie. I'll have a green tea smoothie. please. <laughs> yeah. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and it's so- donuts, ice cream, chocolate. <laughs> donuts oh god and then hate yourself yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say the mindset prior to getting into that gluttony stage because we aren't loving ourselves with any love or care we're comparing ourselves to all of these movie stars and models and so how did it internally feel for you would you compare yourself to others at school did it start with magazines and billboards yeah. and your brother's porn mags okay my brother's porn yes, mags. magazine i was super into oh. yes ads yeah but i don't i don't know if the magazines or the ads or anything like that really that wasn't the thing that i, I really think it's deeper than that like you're susceptible to something because of a lack of love you're already in that place like yeah. right now that doesn't penetrate me because i feel good But if I'm at a low point, then I'm susceptible to it. But so then it was just turmoil. My life was so chaotic. There was no stability. Is that due to the household? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's that and just having to find some control and trying to like yourself, even though you don't. (laughs) Right. Well, if you (laughs) You don't have. Yeah. And you think, oh, being thinner, then I'll like myself more. Right. But that's not the way it works. Because we're always striving for this external bit. And we weren't taught that love comes from the inside. It tried to tell us, but it's just the way they taught us was just like, I'm a teenager and looks are everything. And I felt the same way. I don't, I think if our childhoods were probably wholesome and kind and all encompassing of love all the time, which is impossible. And that's a unicorn family. Then we might feel differently about our bodies. So I don't know, how would we, going back to those teenage kids, how would we try and enlighten them as to how to love themselves? I feel like that would, for me, it just took, it took the time, it took the process of of all the shit that I went through and eventually finding the few people that stopped judging you and just like, look, I love you and I can't make you stop hating yourself, but I love you exactly the way you are. Unconditional love, bitches. Yes. Yeah. That is the absolute. And then being open to actually like, oh, I like how I feel with you and I want to continue feeling that. Now I'm open to that. So I'm going to allow that in. And I don't, maybe I don't believe it yet fully, but I'm believing you. I believe you. I trust <laughs> awesome. You. Yep. One person at a time. to go with that until eventually I picked it up and I believed in it for myself. I love that. Yeah. That is the antithesis of the process. That takes a lot for someone to come into our lives and try and tell us that we're beautiful. And I know it sounds crazy it to a lot of people. A lot. Yeah, it really does. Especially if you, not that my mother wasn't loving and kind, but hmm. she was so preoccupied with her depression and alcoholism. It is impossible yeah. to allow a child to feel love if they're vacant themselves. Yes. You can only give love if you feel love for yourself and she had none. So it's not a fault yeah. of her own. And I'm Did you go through a similar circumstance? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. See? And And my parents didn't have alcoholism, but my father 
took off. So he was absent and we didn't, it was like, he became like this idol in my mind. Right. We do that too. He's like a God. Pedestal. Totally. Yeah. And then I yeah. met him. And it just <laughs> how, how, how old like, were you when you met him? 13. How did your, I was excited to see him. He was picking me up from school and I told all my friends and he was older and fat. And I was like, that I told my You're friends. Hercules. When was the last time you were when you saw him? I saw him two years ago. But I mean, I really like between the the time. Oh, I was like four that. or five, four. Yeah, ours are very parallel. I my dad left when I was four. I saw him when I was sixteen, yeah. and I was like, "Fuck you! You had no apologies. Who are you?" Yes. Like, it was a surprise, but you knew and you were excited. And so, yeah. did any relationship transpire after that? Yes and no. Like. I like him. I do like him, but he is unavailable. He is obsessed with what he loves and that is rebuilding cars. And that's like his life. And he doesn't like to travel. He moved away to Las Vegas, had another family, second litter. But his wife, his second wife, she was the one that really kept in contact. So I uh, would hang out with my siblings Sometimes when they would visit, I went to visit them also once in Las Vegas, which was awesome. How was that? And uh, we keep in contact like once or twice a year at this point. It's really weird because I, I feel like at this point we could talk about anything. Because like of who anything, you are probably. No judgment here, no judgment there. And yet there's still this, I don't know. Disconnect. I just feel like at some point, I mean, I don't think it should just be me, but mostly I think it should be him for a bit. Reaching out. Well, it should all yeah. relationships require equal amount to whatever then, that yeah. amount is. Having said that, he's so easy to talk to. We could talk for a million years. So by the time it's time for me, like maybe I could make that call. I'm exhausted and I just can't do it. And that goes for all my friends. <laughs> Right? I know. I'm so yeah. surprised you agreed to be on the show tonight, last minute, randomly. You got the most going on about anybody I know. <laughs> I happened to see your post. Yeah, that was awesome. And I was like, I oh, no. like, and, I was like and all the insecurities of why, who, the, why would you go on? You're well, not. The whole, why, like, the, what stopped you probably you want somebody else. Like, what why? Don't even bother. Like, just There's scroll. A word but I was that. like, no. Fuck it. So glad you did. No, imposter syndrome. Of course, when I started this podcast, I had the mic for at least a, two years. Actually, I had it for two years because yeah. I, my imposter syndrome was so paralyzing yeah. that I had the mic sitting next to my iMac the entire time. Every place that I moved, which was three, just taunting me. But you have all the things to say. And I know this because I know you and I know where you've come from and what you've done with your life and how inspiring you are to so many freaking people. I get roped into your posts sometimes and I don't even like posts with questions on them, but I'm like, oh, that's such an intriguing question. I'll bite that and I go for <laughs> it. And I'm like, how does she do that? What is this? You just like, you trick, you trick people. You're like tricking people. <laughs> you're you're like, enlightening oh, you people's minds. <laughs> yeah, you're enlightening people. like, yeah, that's what I do, dude. I ask questions and I like say hopefully funny things and positive things. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about watching your social media and just watching you grow as a person. It's inspiring to see. That's really what it's all about. What I realized because I've been struggling, like, what is my friggin' purpose? 
Because it's not just about having kids and making money and having a clean house or eating all the right foods. It's clearly not the thing that drives me. The thing that totally drives me is I'm here on this earth for experience. And I realized that it can't all be awesome, wonderful things. It comes with all the shittiest things too. (laughs) (laughs) That was the greatest interlude Um, to the cuss. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyhow. Um, So because to really truly have the awesome experience, you have to have that contrast of what it really yang and yang that's just what so for me now any pain that comes up for me at this point i honestly even though it's annoying it hurts emotional it's not fun but i welcome it because i'm like yay lessons at least that like what am i learning from this and hopefully let it go but also i don't want to hate myself anymore for experiencing emotions or having pain right like why torture yourself for just like experiencing something and soon after you're gonna feel differently exactly acceptance understanding observation and Mm -hmm. filtering oh what happened what just happened to me right now whether it's through our body dysmorphia whether it's through our hatred of how we've done our path in this life whatever it is we all have it but what are the lessons there i love that and that's beautiful that you've been able to carry that on into an adult life and into practical circumstances where that actually has an impact on your emotional well-being so kudos to you my friend kudos to you you. it's a rare way to look at the world for years and it was like where is this getting me you know, like this isn't fun. Like I want to have as much fun as possible. Now I know not everything is going to be fun, but the goal is to have more enjoyment for of me. Of course, damn right. So, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I also yeah. know that once you start feeling the feels and once you start actually tapping into your emotions, the fun that you do have is more authentic. The enjoyment that comes out of the little bits in life that you get to experience after you allow yourself those dips seems a little bit higher because I feel like you're just tapping into all the things that life has to offer. We're here. We're human. We're supposed to experience everything. We would not have these emotions if we weren't supposed to experience them. Yes. The whole numbing just over it. I mean, over it. What accent was that? Ferroni. Freaking. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love how you're on the same page. And we Mm -hmm. did definitely veer off from our body dysmorphia topic, but that is not a bad thing. That's, I love Mm -hmm. where we went. One other thing I did want to touch on, because I know there are kids out there to also be into something that's called cutting. And I don't know how many people in my audience will be aware of this or how common it is, but I know both Tangerine and I used to do it as teenagers. And I've seen a lot of it still on social media, people recovering from Mm -hmm. it. And I just know what a serious topic it is because we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier before we recorded just why people do it for one, I guess we can talk about like how it starts, why it starts, and maybe a guiding light as to a way out because I know both of us got out of it. But it was a very traumatic thing for my teen years and a very shameful part of my life, to be honest. I know this is very touchy, so trigger warning to anyone out there. I can pretty much talk about anything. So for me, 
my childhood, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, I had a very chaotic and there wasn't a sense of stability and moved a lot and so much fighting, so much fighting. And I did not have the ability to speak up and communicate yet. I hadn't really learned to talk about all those, all the shitty feelings. feelings. (laughs) And so for me, the, it was like, this is so much and it feels so huge and it feels like it will never disappear. And this is your life. And it's so bad. That was my, it was a release from the emotional pain that brought me back into my physical body. Yeah. Yourself. And that it was a skill that I learned and that was like, oh, that worked and it worked. I remember just feeling like, okay, I really don't feel good about this. There's got to be another way to coping mechanism. Yeah. 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 So for me, there was always a desire that I wanted to be better, but that all took time. And I think surrounding yourself when you find people that are like truly good for you or just being able to notice when there's certain people that like, draw out and play with the negative emotional stuff the and then dark. there's others that like calm and settle you yeah into play with the shadow other people yeah. bring the shadow into light yeah so to just sort of recognize like more and more how you feel around certain people mm-hmm. and how to i mean like it really does just take Time and depending on how much you're processing and how distracted your life is. Yeah, for sure. So it's like how much time you can like really. Time and just like an awareness too. And if you're hanging out with the people that are in the shadows and it's hard for you to take yourself away from those people, their karmic relationships um, and karmic friendships that are there to teach you to really show you those negative spots only then i feel like the lighter people can be shown to you i don't know my but personally my childhood friends were equally light and dark and we're all still yeah. friends and we're yeah. all kind of going through the same shit at the same time i mean the same sheet at the same time so we did have that balance which is pretty rare but i definitely know it's especially hard as a teenager when yes we're confronted with all of these feelings that we don't know how to deal with that we weren't taught what is a feeling even like this is okay to feel angry you're gonna have hormones it's okay to feel sad we weren't taught any of that stuff so when we did have those feelings and we were taught to stifle them obviously cutting seemed like a excuse to get our emotions out in a physical way and to me that worked perfectly personally and obviously it did for you too and i just now i'm hoping to extend the conversation so much that the kids that are growing up in this age know that their parents have probably been through it too and that they can come to us and talk not that i'm a parent but you know i'd hope that they would be comfortable enough to bring up that conversation because we certainly didn't have that our parents weren't doing anything of the sort my parents were doing acid so (laughs) it was the 60s (laughs) my dad went to Woodstock he held the after party (laughs) but you know what I mean like I there was just such a different timeline and it was such a different generation but now there are kids that are continuing to pass down our trauma essentially is what's happening and just being open and being vulnerable with kids and like and the younger generation to be like hey you're not alone 
show you my scars are covered in tattoos now so i could hide them but i show you <laughs> you know <laughs> oh crazy times my yeah, god i think about it especially because i have my kids and they go through what they go through so it puts you back in your past but then you have to not carry your stuff onto them but just know that there's some understanding yeah and that one of the things i came up with today was sometimes i'm so afraid for my kids mental stability and are they going to be okay but i realized i'm basically saying that they're not strong enough to deal with their shh. right and i was like that's horrible that's a tightrope because yeah. i'm in a fear-based state and and it's in like i don't i don't believe that but that is basically what i'm saying so i need to counter that by you have everything within you you don't know it all yet but it will unfold and i believe in your strength yes that's beautiful like if i made it through and i'm here in all that i've dealt with and i feel so powerful i do i feel so powerful they have the opportunity then also everyone especially, especially with such a guiding light too and supportive parents and if you don't have supportive parents there are people out there that are willing to guide i just dropped yes. a bunch of clothes off to brothers and sisters the other day which reminded me i was like right there are organizations out there like this yes. that are like willing to help kids i volunteered for them when i was in my early 20s and i keep forgetting i was like there are places if you don't have supportive parents and i wish that i would have tapped into those resources as a kid yes. mind you i was like too too cool for school by the time i was 11 and doing acid and stuff wow you're so, so young yeah i know it was ridiculous that's when shit hit the fan in my family so mm -hmm. i started pretty young but i just as like i as a conscious teenager that would have been the better way to go to be like hey yeah. i don't have the support at home where can i go but yeah it's definitely a tough circumstance well, i think the thing is too is to realize like in in order to get help you have to get vulnerable you have to be okay with getting vulnerable and that is going to be like super sucky and you're not necessarily going to get the help every time and sometimes it's going to feel like it's making the problem even worse but then you just keep going and keep reaching out and perhaps you then realize that you are in control read books learn things there's so many podcasts there's so many like awesome people out there to learn from and just feed yourself with good stuff yeah it doesn't mean you never access the dark side because that can be like humorous also. yeah and that's also it's pretty unavoidable um, yeah. but also i find the more vulnerable you are just to retract back to that for a sec mm -hmm. i just notice it reciprocated that much more when you yeah. do actually open yourself up which for me it took a really long time even though i had glorious friends so i guess we mm -hmm. did so on a certain level but now doing it at a very heightened level and speaking openly about my past and everything, I, I noticed such a difference when I drop my pants. I do believe that the thing to counterbalance negativity or restrictions in your life is vulnerability. And I, yeah. I think to go back to more Brene Brown, because I bring her up in pretty much every podcast because she's amazing. One day yeah. I'll have her on this show. Brene, hear me now. <laughs> 
coming on the show. Anyways, <laughs> I just adore her message and and it is about dropping the pants and it is about yes. letting that freak flag fly and just being who you are authentically. And the more that you are, the more you might push away the people that aren't, but the more that you are and stand in that place, the less interference I feel like you find from the light to the dark side. Does that make yes, sense? Absolutely. For me, I love it when somebody shares, because I will share a lot of stuff, but when somebody else does, I'm like, I feel so safe with that person. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like you just opened up this whole safety comfort zone. So thank you for trusting me. Yeah. Because sometimes I hear things that they've never shared with anyone before. And I'm like, I can't believe you've held that in for so long. But thank you. Totally. That's beautiful. I love that. And that just opens a whole box of freaking awesome. Yes. Feel safer. It's creating safety left, right, and center. And the more safety we create with one another, the more open we feel like we can become. And the more open we can become, the more problems we solve. And the more problems we solve, the less pain we carry. And less pain we carry, the freaking happier everyone's going to be. Yes. And you know, if you do open up to somebody and they don't receive it well, then don't take that personally. Take and choose, be discerning. It's not vulnerable share time to every last Tom, Dick and Harry. I can say Dick in that circumstance, can't I? Tom, Dick and Harry. Yeah. (laughs) If you, if you share with the right people, obviously it's going to bode well for you. Just be discerning. Well, I noticed. Talk up to that Harry, Dick, Tom. Yeah. Like what I noticed is when you find, you can say something and you can tell if someone's receptive to go deeper. And if they share back and then you know that, oh, we can go there. And if they don't, you're like, okay, well, you're not ready. But maybe you planted the seed. I love that. Yeah. I may not have children, but I've planted a lot of seeds. Well done, Christy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, this has been absolutely freaking awesome. I don't even know how long we've been talking. I do try and keep it to under a half hour just so my listeners can listen to it on their jaunt to work, which is aka mm-hmm. from the bathroom to their home office now. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> pandemic, bitches. <laughs> But it would have been an hour and a half long had it been a Vancouver commute. But now we have to the toilet, to the home office. But I'm so grateful that you came on and we had some pant dropping and some booby flashing of the mind and the soul. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say that I love that you are opening up. uh Thank you. Not like I was reserved (laughs) before, but just in a very different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for noticing. I appreciate that. Holy Moses, we just spilled our guts on public. There's so much more to say. Oh, God, there so is. We could go on for freaking days. We, in fact, have before. But thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate you. For, You're yeah, welcome. I'm glad I was available. Totally. That worked out perfectly. Yes. And it was nice to see your face. You suckers can't see it because you're on a podcast. I can see it, though, because we're on a Zoom. (laughs) We'll sign off with that little chestnut. And don't forget to like, comment, subscribe wherever you're at. And we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.